The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. Pathways, we're starting a new series called Truish, but before we do that, can I just say, wow, wow, what a moment for us as a church family to celebrate Travis's baptism. I mean, even though we're not in one centralized physical space together, we're still a part of life change. Jesus is still transforming lives, and as I was listening to Travis's story, I couldn't help but think of my favorite verse in Philippians 1.6, where Paul writes these words. He says, being confident of this that he who began a good work in you in Travis's life and in my life will carry it unto completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And Pathways Church, this is just a reminder that we are a part of an unstoppable movement. That movement is the hope of Jesus Christ through spirit-empowered people called the church. And so I am so super grateful today to share a message with you about directly what is happening in our world today. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. I'm not an expert. And I don't know what's going to happen with this coronavirus. In fact, I think those who are qualified to be called experts, they don't know what's going to happen with this this COVID-19. But here's what I do know. This coronavirus has preoccupied so much of our headspace. It has rearranged much of our lives, our living and our working, our learning, our our worship. It has impacted our travel. I mean, schools are shut down, restaurants are closed, travel bans are being issued. Things are just, there is a new normal. In fact, I can't remember in my lifetime when there was such a rush to get this. I mean, it's like crazy what's going on right now, right? So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to react in this season of life? Are we just going to pretend? Are we going to ignore it and pretend like everything is okay? Or are we going to stockpile and stay holed up in fear? What are we going to do? Well, do you remember what I said last weekend? Here's what we're going to do. We will not panic. We will prepare and pray. And I hope you realize this, especially if you're a guest and somebody shared this content with you because they care about you. Maybe you're not a person of faith, but here's what I hope you understand. God is not in heaven. God is not saying to himself, oh my word, I didn't see that coming. He is not panicked. He is not surprised. He did not turn to his son and say, Jesus, man, this is out of control. God is not wringing his hands. He's not scrambling for the remote. He is not trying to find the next news alert or he's scrolling on his iPhone checking out notifications. No, our God is bigger. He is always faithful. God is always in control. God is good. God has a plan. And if you're a person of faith, then you know that God will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And if you're not a person of faith, I would ask you to consider the ways of Jesus so that you can be a part of this movement. Now today, 
If you are a Christian, a Christ follower, man, I'm so excited just to share a message, really to share from the perspective of truth. Because here's what you know as a Christian, that our filter is totally different than the world's filter. It's very different. In fact, you might have heard this truth before, that we as believers, we will not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Rather, we'll be transformed. Somebody say transformed will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Well, what renews our minds? Well, let me tell you. God's truth renews our minds. And where is God's truth found? It's found in God's book called the Bible. So when we consistently renew our minds with God's truth, the promise of scripture is that we'll be able to test and to approve what God's good and pleasing and perfect will is. In other words... When we renew our minds with God's truth, we will make better decisions for more people to further God's rule and reign in our world. And don't you want that? Don't you want to make decisions out of an authentic and divine confidence? Well, then we need to know and understand and renew our minds in God's truth. And let me just remind you, Make no mistake about it. God's truth is black and white. There is no gray. And I know a lot of us, we like to live in the gray, especially during times of crisis. But the bottom line is this. What you believe about what the truth is will determine how you behave. And so today, we're beginning this series called True-ish. Why, why are we calling it true-ish? You know why? Because there is an enemy called the devil. And the Bible calls the devil the father of lies. And so here's what he wants to do. He wants to distort. He wants to twist the truth, the truth about God. In fact, he wants to offer half-truths, truths that appear to be true, truths that are true-ish. They're almost true, but not entirely. Take, for example, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Now, this is a very popular verse. You, you might have seen it in your Bible. If not, you've seen it in pop culture. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says this, that I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. Now, the true-ish version of this verse, if you take this verse out of its context, then Philippians 4.13 becomes a verse all about slam dunking a basketball. It becomes a verse about hitting the game-winning home run. It becomes a verse about bench-pressing a bus, about winning the lottery or closing the business deal. But the truth of this verse, when it's in its context, when we resist the enemy twisting the truth, here's the truth about the verse. The truth is a gorgeous truth. The truth, the 100% unadulterated truth of Paul's message to this church in Philippi and to the church today at Pathways Church is simply this, that there is a divine strength that can sustain you and me in any and every situation and season of life, no matter how hard or how tough it is. In fact, Paul writes this 
when he's under house arrest. He's in chains. In fact, he's awaiting trial and he could be executed for preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet he says, I can do all of this. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. In fact, he shifted his whole perspective about circumstances. In chapter one, verse 12, he writes this. He says this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. What if, what if COV, COVID-19, what if it advanced the gospel? Man, isn't that extraordinary? We have to shift our minds and how we view our circumstances. And to understand Philippians 4.13, you have to understand the rest of the chapter. It's set against the context of chapter four. And the context of chapter th four talks about two things. One, first thing it talks about is being united. Pathways Church, we need to be united. We need to be united in this season. Even though we're not meeting, we need to stay engaged in community. Don't isolate yourself. Reach out in your small groups and Google Hangouts. Make sure you're staying connected to people of faith, texting, calling, conferencing, whatever you can do. Make sure you stay connected and united. And the second thing is we need to secure our minds to guard our minds and our hearts in Jesus Christ. See, chapter four is all about worry. Worry, worry, worry. What do we worry about? You know what we worry about? We worry about people and things and circumstances. In fact, what is worry? Worry is literally means that it strangles. The term means to strangle, to choke us. The biblical term means that we are literally torn apart. And in Philippians 4, we see the tearing apart of our mind and our hearts. It's like our mind and our hearts are going in different directions. And before, listen to me, friends, before God can work through us during this time, First, he works in us. See, before God can work, before he works through Paul, he had to work in Paul. Look at his conversion in Acts chapter 9. Before he could, he could have him write over half of the New Testament and to take three critical missionary journeys to take the gospel to the Gentiles. What he's going to do in this COVID-19 with our church before he can do something through us, first he has to work in us. So who will we be? Who will we be during this time? We will be. There's a couple B's. We will be. Somebody say be. We will be. We're going to be the kind of people who are going to overcome worry. Here's what we're going to do. The first thing, we will be. We will be reasonable because God is present. Philippians chapter four, it opens up. There's a dis disagreement between two ladies. Uh, Yodica and Syntyche were arguing. And so Paul said this. He said, hey, please let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Paul's not saying, Paul's not saying that Jesus is coming soon. Paul is saying that Jesus is near in the midst 
of this dispute. There's going to be a lot of disputes that are going on in households right now for the next couple weeks. Lots of arguing, lots of, 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 of sibling rivalries and marriages that are, it's going to be intense. Man, I'm so thankful for my wife, Laura, when we were uh, this weekend starting to, to get a little restless and, and grumpy and grouchy. She just pulled us together. We collaborated. We got a schedule. Make sure you get a schedule. Make sure you're gentle. Know that God is present. How are we going to be gentle? We will be the kind of people that will be reasonable through our gentleness. It starts with our words. Words have power. Words, we want to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. He is present where you are. The second thing is that we will be prayerful because God will bring us peace. Now, you might know the famous verse. It says this in, in verse 6. Do not be anxious. Don't be torn apart by anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, and this is how he tells us how to pray. There's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. The wrong way to pray during this coronavirus is to rush into the presence of God face to face and demand peace. Paul says, no, no, no. He says, why don't you by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God? God, I am thankful. I don't understand why, but I know who you are. And when I can't see your hand, I trust your heart. And so I am thankful. And I'm going to present a couple requests to you. I promise you this. If you increase your prayer life, God will increase his peace in your life, in your family. Maybe he wants your family to grow in its faith during this time. And the promise of Philippians chapter 4 is in verse 7 where God says this through Paul. And the peace of God, which transcends, it goes beyond all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Here's the third thing. We will be, we will be the kind of people who will be content because God will meet our needs. God's going to meet your needs. I know some of you, some of you are just like me. You're a little concerned about what's going to happen when it comes to the things that we need. You've been watching the markets. You've been kind of forecasting yourself. What is going to happen? What is this going to trigger? What about, what about my kids? How about the mortgage? All these worries. Listen, God's going to take care of us. God has us in these moments. In fact, Paul said this, I've learned the secret of contentment. I've learned to have a lot and I've learned to have a little. And here's the one thing that he wants all of us to know. He says this, and my God will meet all of your needs, every single one of your needs. He will meet according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He met Paul's needs, and yet Paul died a martyr's death. In fact, all the disciples died a martyr's death. I, I don't know what happens, what's going to happen in this life to you. But what I do know is what can happen in the next life if you make a great decision in this life. In fact, the greatest need that you have has been met through Jesus Christ on the cross. 
And if you're here today and you've never made a decision for Jesus, someone shared this content with you because they cared about you, because they know that there's a God that loves you and he wants to pour out his love into your heart, then what I'm going to ask you to do in the next few moments is to say this prayer to Jesus. If you mean it sincerely in your heart, if you need to make a decision for Jesus Christ, you can do that simply by receiving his gift of salvation by faith, which will bring peace to your heart. Listen, we as a church, we wanna respond to you. We wanna be there for you during this crisis. We get it. And that's why we've built this website called covidpathwayschurch.us backslash COVID-19. There are a bunch of ways that we can respond to you. But the greatest need you have is in a response to God. And so if you're here and you're watching and you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and bow your head and to say this prayer with me. In fact, here at Pathways Church, we as a family always pray out loud together. So can we pray this prayer? Dear Jesus, you see my life and you know my heart. Today, my greatest need is for your salvation. So forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Change me from inside out. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I know my life is in your hands because I receive your salvation by faith in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Now, if you made that decision today, we are so excited for you. In fact, you can go ahead and you can text us. Would you text us and, and let us know? You'll receive an automated text back, 920-482-6710. Would you text us and, and tell us because we want to come alongside of you and help you to continue in your journey. Now, as we close today... I just uh, want us to respond together as a community of faith, a faith family, by singing this song, one of the great songs of the Christian faith. In fact, when we will be the kind of people that calls us to be, then we can sing the kinds of song that the great people of faith have written. In fact, this song, It Is Well With My Soul, was written by Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford was a wealthy businessman in Chicago in the 1800s. In 1871, he actually, he had amassed and built a pretty successful business, but then the great Chicago fire broke out. He lost much of his business, and that same year, he lost his son to pneumonia, a Christ follower. But Horatio knew the secret of contentment. He knew it was bigger than circumstances and people and situations, and Horatio God was gracious. He had his wife and his four daughters and he built his business back up. And then in 1873, his wife and four girls decided to go over to England and they sailed across the Atlantic. And four days into their trip, you know what happened? The boat, the ship, it collided with another ship. And in 12 minutes, 226 souls were lost at sea. All four daughters of Horatio and Anna Spafford died. Anna eventually made it over to England and wrote back to Horatio. Horatio heard the news. He boarded the first ship and he took a transatlantic uh, ride, uh, a ship uh, ride across the, the ocean. And where he was, just about the time, the place where his daughters drowned, he wrote these words. 
And see, you can only sing these words when you truly have peace in your heart.